Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And I have got a rock star with me. You will notice if you watch on YouTube a striking resemblance to late Chadwick Bozeman or John David Washington. Uh, but he is, yeah, Wakanda forever, right, Reggie? And that's the thing, man. But uh, but if you're listening to this, you're you're missing out on on the dynamic guy that is Reggie Waterman. Reggie's a product marketing expert, a brand consultant, a podcaster. Um, he believe, he he focuses on data-driven strategic marketing. And so you're going to get a ton of great information from Reggie today. But I am stoked because I just wanted to have Reggie on because he's a great guy, man. He's always giving. He's about giving to other people and making people better. And so without any further ado, I want to bring my friend Reggie Waterman on to the Intentional Encourager podcast. Reggie, what's good, man? How you doing today? I'm feeling great. And Brian, thank you for having me on your podcast. I can't wait for this conversation. I'm excited. I, man, I've been looking forward to this for a good while myself because how you and I got connected and, and people will ask me all the time. They're like, well, how did you connect to this person? How'd you? And I'm telling you, LinkedIn is such a powerful tool to connect with so many great people. So let's start there and talk about the power of connection. You really, you had a post that you, that you made a couple of weeks ago as we record this. And all you said was connect me with some first time authors out there. And so I, me being one myself, what was the impetus for you wanting to reach out and, and help those people that were first time authors like myself? Beautiful question right off the bat. So <laughs> The power of connection, this is what we're talking about. And I refer to that, especially on LinkedIn as a platform, as LinkedIn magic. And what I mean by that is as soon as I create a post, something magical happens, whether it's I get a DM that says, you know, thank you for your post, or, you know, somebody's just, you know, give me words of encouragement to keep on posting and pushing out content. But that particular post, the reason, the rationale why I did it is I'm actually in the process of actually putting out a book, launching a book. So as a first-time author, just like yourself, I never knew the um, how the process worked. It's an extensive yeah. process, as you, as you know, personally. Um, and I'm still like in editing mode right now. Like, And if you think about the number of drafts, it's just nuts. So being a first-time author... I want to also learn from other authors as well, but I also understand that the marketing piece behind being an author is tremendous. So the premise behind that post and asking the LinkedIn community if they could put me in contact with first-time authors was to A, learn, B, give them a platform to actually promote their book. So what do I mean by that? I I host a LinkedIn live series called Discover Your Other Self. I built a really strong community there um, that they draw inspiration from the conversations that I have with my guests. I figure for authors, I'm going to be able to do the same. So yeah. Brian, example, hey, if you oblige, you could come onto the onto the um, the the um, the platform 
which I'm going to be doing a book of the month club. Yeah. And then I would have you come on, you, t you know, give the audience the premise synopsis of your story, but also talk about the journey behind creating your story. Reggie, well, I, I, let me jump in there, man, because what you're talking about is so good. And, and, and I, I had to jump in here because I wrote down this note and, and I want to go here for just a minute. What really slows down the process for first time authors, and you weren't talking about the editing part, which you're right that the editing and, and making sure that it's concise and readable. What, what I think most people struggle with, man, and you hit on it beautifully is marketing their work because here's what I dealt with as a first time author. It wasn't the fact of the work and putting it out there in my network. It was how much do I want to talk about myself and how much do I want to promote myself? Because I kind of felt that internal, like, man, do I really want to promote myself and being afraid of it being all look at me and, and look at, you know, look what I've done. How many people that you work with struggle with that concept of, because you have two different fronts and forgive me for being long winded with the question, the front of these people always just look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And opposed to people of going, well, I know I'm doing something really good, but I'm really reticent about bringing the attention to myself. How do you coach people to balance those two worlds and bring them together? Yeah. So I would say first and foremost, it's a balance. It's a, it's a juggling act. And I get it. Like I'm, I'm like that too. And sorry if you hear a bunch of yelping in the background. Yeah, that's Reggie's, my, Reggie's that's dog, my dog is in the background. Yeah, so yeah. The, the dog is gonna. What's, what's your dog's name, Reggie? Because we want to bring him into the conversation. His name is COVID. <laughs> There's a story there. I know there is. So yeah, we, it's just, it's just. I call him COVID because he just won't go away, Brian. He won't go away. <laughs> He won't go away. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah. I love <laughs> no, but honestly, his, his, name, his name is uh, Wally. Um, but <laughs> to answer your question, because it's a good one, I'm of that nature too. I some, somewhat get hung up in, you know, the self-promotion, and I don't want to be perceived as that guy that just promotes himself. Um, but who else is going to promote you? And that's the mindset that I would encourage everybody to adopt because what I mean but when I say that if we are not going to take it upon ourselves to promote our capabilities our abilities our means to create connection that was like the first question off the top right yeah then it's a lost opportunity to build an impression with not just your network in terms of your first um, first and second connections but even third and it expands beyond that but think about it, Brian, and this is what I would tell other people that, you know, just like yourself, if you're caught up in the rigmarole of, well, I don't want to put myself out there. I feel like I'm just bragging. Dude, you just put blood, sweat, and tears into your book. So you went through all those cycles, and then what? Yeah. Is this going to go into the abyss, and that's it? No one's going to really know about it? No, no Reggie, for sure. No, Reggie, what I wrote down, and I love this, and let's go here for a second. You said something really profound there. You said the lost opportunity to make an impression. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people understand, Reggie. And that that is that that's why I had to write it down because I don't think people understand 
that every opportunity that you get to create content or make a post or do something significant is an opportunity to connect with that person that may be scrolling through and, and they see it and it resonates with, or they say, Oh man, people buy from people. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a cool title. And that's, and, and, and be in full transparency. That's what I struggled with because yeah, there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears to it, but I really wanted to put it out there for people that wanted to connect better. And here I was depriving myself of an opportunity to do just that. What is, what is one thing that's a mistake that people should avoid making around self-promotion? Because again, you, I love what you said about the juggling egg. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. keeping those balls near. But what's one mistake that people can avoid making around self-promotion? Overthinking. People overthink way too much because they're so concerned about other people's perceptions. And it goes back to that lost opportunity. I will tell you this, Brian. There's been many a times where I was hesitant to post certain pieces of content because I'm like, ah, no one's going to engage in it. No one's going to like it. No one's going to read it. But I'll always, but this is what happens. This is the LinkedIn magic. When I fight through that voice, which that voice is what I refer to as the saboteur, because you're sabotaging yourself, right? That's that voice inside of you that says, nah, man, you, 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 again, here you go self-promoting yourself. If you, if you shift your mindset a bit, you will realize and you put it out there, it will impact somebody yeah and nine times out of ten it's happened every time i hesitated and i finally put it out there i fought through that voice i put it out there i got a dm which led to another opportunity so it goes back to remember the missed opportunities and this is how i will summarize it for you there's an acronym not really an acronym but it's an acronym in this case but poor you know what poor means do you brian i'm gonna ask you the question you know what it means to be poor Hey, I mean, I live just, in West. I live in West Virginia, man. We 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 are we are poor. We live poor every. <laughs> hey, man, I was telling somebody earlier. I said, look, I said, for most people, moving to a more affluent neighborhood in West Virginia means moving from a single wide trailer to a double wide trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and, yeah, and, 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 and you know I've, what? And I've seen poor man. And, and and growing up, you know, my dad worked. My dad was. My dad worked. My mom was stay at home mom. Um, I was telling my son the other day, I'm like, man, we grew up eating hominy. It's like, what's, what's that? Mm-hmm. My mom, you know, hominy's a canned vegetable. It's in the corn family. My mom would take some margarine and some hominy and put it on the stovetop. I ate stovetop stuffing, man. Like we ate, you know, there were times that my family struggled, you know, because we were a family of five and, you know, my dad struggled at times to put food on the table. We were just grateful for what we had. So, yeah, there have been times in my life, man, I've understood poor. So I want to hear that def. Now you've really got my curiosity aroused. What, what's your def? What's the acronym that you would use around poor? Passing over opportunities repeatedly. Man, that's powerful. I'll say, say it one more time. Say that again. Yes. Passing over opportunities repeatedly. 
if you think about the traditional definition, and you've kind of defined it for your audience in terms of what it means to be poor in the context of, you know, affordability in terms of poverty or whatnot, multiple different streams. But this one is in particular associated with you not putting yourself out there and promoting your stuff because you were hesitant, because you listened, you succumbed to that voice and you didn't put it out there. It means A, you're, you missed out on the opportunity to create impact. You missed out on the opportunity to have somebody engage with your content, which could have led to another opportunity, another connection, another relationship. Everything compounds if we do not take advantage of what's in front of us. How do people get out of poverty in those situations? Because, again, we talk about the word poor, and, and we see – and there are tremendous stories. And I've had people on the podcast, Reggie, that have overcome dire financial situations. So let's use that real-world analogy to talk about a beautiful acronym that you just dropped on the, on the, on the audience. It's just powerful. How does a person rise out of poverty – so to speak, with their online content. It's about having a growth mindset. If you have it within yourself that you want to strive for a particular goal, and I always say lead with impacting others. And you know what, Brian? I've learned this concept, unfortunately, later on in my life, but I'm glad I finally did because before it was like, okay, what can I do for me? What can I do for me? What could this person do for me? If I'm not adding, if I'm not, giving value first and I'm looking to service others that good karma that I'm putting out there is going to compound into something that is going to be instrumental to my growth and my abilities to achieve certain goals achieve, build certain relationships so it's all about that you gotta you gotta invest time in yourself to figure out okay what do I what are my superpowers? What am I good at? Where do I want to be? Call it a year from now, three years from now. And I know the pandemic has taught us, man, screw a plan, <laughs> right? 100%. But what I'm talking about is being getting the habit of putting things down on paper to manifest them so that you could achieve them, right? Yeah, 100%. Let's step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to Reggie about branding and, and really honing in on the superpower of your personal brand. We'll, we'll dive into that more here in just a minute with Reggie Waterman back in a moment on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you, as a business owner, can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers 
after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Rich, you, have, you, you have a great voice, by the thank way. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Well, like great freaking voice. Well, listen, and, and let's dive into that with branding, okay? It took me a long time to really find my voice. Mm -hmm. it, it did. It took me. People will say, well, well, have you always had a great? No. It, it took me a long time to really understand the depth and breadth of my voice. And and it was by, and you and I were talking before we, we started recording about basketball. And, and that's where I really, I be, I was a public address announcer and still a public address announcer for the, the high schools that my son attended here in the area. That's where I really learned to hone in and, and doing radio and doing play by play and things like mm -hmm. that. That's where I really learned to hone in that voice. So that one, thank you. But two, that's where I really learned to hone it in. When you when we when you think of personal branding, I want to go here for a second. And 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 those of you watching on YouTube, I'm getting my pen and paper ready because I'm getting I'm taking some notes here. And you really should be too, taking some notes from what Reggie is saying. Reggie, when it talk when you talk about personal branding, how important is a person's voice and what they're saying around the personal brand that they're putting out there? Great question. So. I associate a personal brand with a conventional brand such as, let's call it Nike, okay? Nike has a value proposition, right? They have their tagline, which is just do it. But Nike is only a brand because it's made and comprised of people, right? You have people in the finance department, you have people designing the shoes or apparel, you have the marketing people that give the brand a life, give the brand a voice. If you think about Nike and the emotions that they pretty much integrate into all of their advertisements to draw you in, think, take those concepts and apply that to Brian Inc., right? Yeah. What is Brian made up of? We were just talking about how you have such a magnificent and powerful voice, right? Yeah. Well, how do you amplify that voice? And you said to your, you said to me earlier, it took time. You didn't discover that voice right away. You worked at it. So this is what I say to a lot of people. And I developed a, a methodology called the time matrix. The time matrix stands for this, this is me. So T is this, I is, is, put the M-E together as me, this is me, because it's about you. You are the personal brand. And what I would encourage you to do, and this is an exercise that I, that I developed back in 2019 when I fell on hard times, it's when I hit my personal rock bottom, because I needed to discover who I wanted to be and really find my voice, as you put it. It's four quadrants, one piece of paper. On the top left-hand side is, this is... You, you put, I don't want on the top. I do not want. Top right-hand side, I do want. Bottom left-hand side, I'm sorry, bottom left-hand corner, my superpowers, which is your gifts and your talents. Bottom right-hand side is this time next year. 
So if I go back to the top left-hand corner, which is what I don't want, the easiest thing to do for anybody is to identify things that they, they do not want out of their life or their career. That's yeah. number one. Yeah. So 100%. let's get that out the way, right? And let's get focused on the meat and potatoes. So what I want will comprise of what do you want out of your life, out of your career? So back in 2019, for me, is I wanted to work for a, a company that gave me flexibility to work from home. And this is obviously before the pandemic. So, you know, there's that. But I also wanted to work for a boss that gave me the runway to create. I also wanted to work for a company that had made an impact in the world. I wanted to travel a couple of times per year. And then on the bottom left-hand corner, well, what are my superpowers? What are like yeah. my gifts and talents that I could leverage as a means to... I want to jump in here. It, it, mm -hmm. Forgive me for doing so. But you, you you talk about your dreams, okay? And, and I love that. How do you filter out dreams versus realities? Because <laughs> a lot of people will say, well, Reggie, I would love to have a job where I travel the world. I would love to do this, but I have these limitations, mm -hmm. not practical. And, and so I think it's really important. And I love what you said there about matricing the, the, the quadrants mm -hmm. and putting those together, because then I can sense from what you were telling me about your story. And we'll get into that here in mm -hmm. a few minutes. I really see what you were ultimately striving for was clarity and really Correct. filtering out some of those things of, of dreams versus realities. In other words, people will say, well, I want to, I want to run a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. But a lot of people don't understand is it, it's going to take blood, sweat, and tears to build a multi-million dollar company. That may be a dream. And the reality is right now I can, I can build a company that's doing a hundred thousand dollars a year or $250,000 or $500,000. It's going to take you a little time to get there. When you were going through your process, was it easy for you to filter out your dreams or did you incorporate those things into that to say, I, I, I'm not there yet. I may not want them right now, but it's something I really need to keep on this matrix because at some point I'd I want to do that. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. So I did mix in a lot of practical goals in there things that i knew that i could you know possibly achieve because i wanted to use that as building blocks to my higher purpose and the reason why i say this time next year is because i'm not doing a five-year plan i'm like if i could achieve these five things well i'm going to continue to continue to do this the following year and the year after that and like you said it's like if you start off making a hundred 100k as a business owner yeah that's going to be your foundation but then you're going to look towards you know realizing incremental growth exponential growth and it continues but this is just the the process to get you going to get you fluid and to build momentum well and, and again i love the quadrant idea because i don't think people realize you not and you and i were talking basketball before we get started yep. so l l let's talk about that you know, a, a basketball court is separated by the timeline. It's in mid, it's at mid court. If you don't get the ball up to at least mid court in 10 seconds, it's a violation. Mm -hmm. So I love what you said about this time next year. So that's your timeline. 
And, uh, you know, you got to get the ball at least past half court by this time next year. And I think a lot of people are saying, well, I want to do this in two years. And, and that's what happened with my book, Reggie. I had been writing it, and I'll put that in air quotes, for a couple of years. But, man, I kicked myself in the butt, and I said, look, if you don't do it by, by this year, don't ever talk about doing it again. So it was my timeline to get me over a half court to where I could think about. Because realistically, you have no, almost no chance of putting the ball in the hoop from three-quarter court or from the, or from the other end line. But once you get the ball past the timeline, past half court, game on. Now you can look for opportunities to score. And so that, that to me, I, man, I just had to go there with you because, again, I think what you say is so powerful is getting that thing inbounding the ball into your quadrant and then, and then ramping it up to push that thing past half court and now let's get the ball, let's get it in the hoop. When you sit down, when you think about the, the matrix that you came up with, what's the one aha moment that you had? Like, I didn't think I was doing this, but it, but it materialized an unintended benefit, if you will, of doing that matrix. As a result of doing the matrix, so I did this in 2019. I wrote down five things that I wanted to achieve this time next year. So it would have been 2020. What I realized after, so a year later, I was able to achieve four out of the five things that I wrote down. Now, the one thing that I didn't achieve, which was one of the things that I wanted to do was travel twice a year. But what happened? COVID. Yeah. So I wasn't able to travel. That was the only external factor that impacted my ability to hit all five. So, so when you use your your um, basketball analogy, you know, now I'm shooting 80% at the free throw line. Hey, way better than Shaq, but, you know, still, was, I'm not, not 100%. I love it, man. I love it, man. That's, that dude still gets – he gets killed unmercifully. For yeah. his ability not to make a free throw. And it's, and, and it, yeah, but you're right. And, and this is the thing, Reggie, and I love where you're going here, is I think people defeat themselves with what they didn't do instead of celebrating what they did do. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's what I was telling my son last night. We were talking as we were recording this. You know, a great baseball player fails seven out of 10 times. They fail seven out of 10 times to reach base or get a hit. Mm -hmm. If you hit 300 in baseball, you're great. You're a great hitter, a three point shooter, a, a, a world-class three point shooter is about a 40% three point mm -hmm. shooter. So 60% of the time they shoot the basketball from beyond the arc. They don't make it, and they're missing. but yet they're a world-class shooter. And you think about the number of shots that a guy takes in a game. And I'll, I'll use James Harden for an example. James Harden is a volume shooter. But James I was say Harden, that's a good example. Yeah, James Harden. And James Harden could score 42 points in a, in a game, and his stat sheet would be like 11 for 28 from the field. Percentage-wise, that's terrible. But you look at the stat sheet and you go, but man – Harden put up 42 tonight, or when he got to the line, 
he was 16 of 16 from the line, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and, and a guy that's real familiar to us in this area, a guy named Mike D'Antoni was talking about the percentage from beyond the arc. And, and, and it's, and, and it's a great metaphor for life. So I want to get your perspective here. Why do you think people are afraid to take deeper shots? Because I want to park on what you said there. You said, look, I put it in what I don't want, what I do want, what my superpowers are, and this time next year. So you were really looking beyond the arc, so to speak, from long distance. And you said, hey, I I want to dial this up and shoot that shot and make it happen. So why do you think people are afraid to shoot the ball from long range? (laughs) Number of different factors. Um, It could be the programming, programming and based on how they were raised. You know, we all still, even in adulthood, we have that little child within us that we often have to talk to in order to give ourselves permission to go beyond, to shoot beyond the arc. What do I mean by that is we've been programmed since the day that we came out the womb by our parents. Our parents influenced us in a major way that said, okay, here are the boundaries. Here's what you're capable of doing and so forth. Then you compound that with school systems that kind of put you in this category or box. Compound it again with your circle of influence. And they say you're what the reflection of your you know, five closest friends, right? And they're pretty much feeding you the same type of programming that all the other variables have taught you too, which is you're limited to, you're limited to X, Y, Z. But it's not until you level up and you step outside of your comfort zone where that's where the growth happens, right? Yeah. But the fear happened, but the fear again, stems from that high level of influence that you've carried on throughout your entire life until either you hit rock bottom or maybe you got a mentor that really took you on the, you know, you know, under, under his or her wing and really showed you the ropes because they really cared about your, your growth and saw potential in you. But for the most part, people are just scared to fail, scared to make a mistake, scared to really truly, Brian, be themselves. Because perception, again, it's, well, is this, how's this person going to judge me? How am I going to be looked at if I am myself and I want to be act and be a certain way? What if I want to leave this job that's paying me 200K, but I don't, I'm, it's not really tied to my soul's purpose. Yeah. Or what if I want to leave my, my, my husband or my wife, cause I'm, you know, just going through the motions, but society, the people around you all impact and put instill fear in all, in all of us. Man, that is so good. That is so good. Let's step aside, take another break. When we come back, I want to tell Reggie's story. Reggie has a powerful story. He alluded to it in 2019, going through some rough patches in his life, but we're going to do that here in just a moment on the Intentional Courage Podcast. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. 
my dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector. You've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Kindle, if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Reggie, uh, your story, man. That's what I want to get into with you. And and you alluded to it just a moment ago about hitting rock bottom. So take me as far back as you want to take me in your life from point mm -hmm. A to point B. You know, share some of the things that you've gone through. Um, you know, now, man, we could go for a lot more time on what you were talking about there, but, but I, I just, it's, I, I feel like it's appropriate now just to, to give people the backstory, give people the, the, how you got here to this point. So man, the floor is yours. Tell folks your story. All right. Thanks, Brian. And again, I'm going to show gratitude because you give me a platform to actually tell this story. I don't really tell that often. So here we go. I grew up in a suburb, suburban area out, just outside of Toronto. I was always the odd person out throughout elementary school, um, even high school. Um, but when I say odd person out is, well, I'm black and I'm the minority. I'm one of three black kids in my grade. But I always say, look, when I rewind the tape, from that point, elementary school, transitioning into high school, it really prepared me for my career. And what do I mean by that? Well, because I was the odd person out, I was I had the 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 opportunity to really observe the dynamics of people. And that's pretty much like part of my superpower because I could do a quick Robocop scan and I could pinpoint who you are, what you're about, and I'll, you know, use my intuition to put say, well, this person may influence me in a good way or a bad way. But throughout my career, when I, you know, when, as I grew up, I realized, well, in the corporate space, I was still the odd person out. You know, becoming a junior manager, right? Um, as I as I climb the corporate ladder, life also happened to me too. And I'm going to get back to the whole corporate ladder and how I was able to climb. But this is the piece of the, to the puzzle that I need to really say is as I was building up my, my resume, I got hit with life. I had 
a son at an early age, at the age of 21. And obviously unexpected, not planned. But that really sh shaped my mindset in a way, in a way where I really had to focus on supporting this kid. And the mother of my ch of my son at the time, who I was gonna, I'm gonna actually fast forward a little bit and say the mother of my children, because I ended up having two kids. We were at odds from like the day she was pregnant, <laughs> because we didn't have that foundation. So here I am trying to build my career. I'm in my last year of of school, trying to work my way up because I'm working and going to school. Hey Reggie, can I jump in here? You man, you are you're just dropping gold right here. There is a powerful correlation with what you just said about, about your, your children's mother. And, and you're saying you didn't have that foundation. Here's what I see on social media. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just, you hit it, man. You, you just went there so beautifully in telling your story. A lot of people are more interested in the hookup than they are the relationship. Mm -hmm. And you just said it so powerfully there. And you said, Hey, Brian, you know, we, we, we had kids together, but we weren't connected. We weren't connected the way that, that, that parents of kids should be. And it's an important point there. What did you learn about the power of relationship in that moment where you were struggling with, with your kid's mom? <sighs> I, I learned the power of what it means to have a connection. I know what it means not to have a connection and what it can do and how it could impact the growth of a relationship. If you're not connected, if you're not the, on the same page as this other person, and we know that you're not going to be on the same page 100% of the time, but if the values are not there, and they're not aligned and you know there's a disconnect between how you guys function and operate what your beliefs are it's going to be detrimental to your growth and your path so now when it comes to relationships you have to make sure that you are truly connected to this person mind body and soul um and let's face it you don't get a lot of opportunities to connect, to make that strong connection with people, whether it be a soulmate or just a connection that you could actually, that leads to a romantic relationship that's fulfilling and long lasting. Man. And, and, and again, you're, you're 21, you had mm. your, your first son together with, with, with the mother of your, your children and you're having to support him. Take me through the, some of the things that you had to do and the hustle and grind that you had to do to, to work your way up through the corporate world. Cause you just mentioned a minute ago, you, you, you were the odd man out in high school. You were, you be, you, you were fastly becoming the odd man. You were different than everybody else in the corporate world. Take me through that time. Let's fast forward a little bit and take me through that time where you've got a, you've got a new boy, you've got a new baby. You're 21 years old and you've got to provide for this kid. Mm -hmm. Take me through those times. So, yeah, you mentioned it, the hustle, the grind. That's what really jump-started my abilities to multitask. 
um, because A, I had to go to school. I had to work at my part-time job. I had to support this kid financially, right? We didn't live in the same house. So I have to pay child support. I was living with my parents at the, at the time. Um, but that kind of care, that, that same notion carried me through. Um, it actually gave me the ability to actually dig deeper and work harder because I wanted to be able to maintain a certain lifestyle at the same time. Yeah. Right. So if I want to maintain a, a, a certain lifestyle, maybe I want to go away on vacation, right. And I have to take care of all these other responsibilities. So I got to work 10 times harder. Yeah. Right. So then you fast forward seven years later after having my, you know, my, my first son, we have a daughter and now I'm like, okay, Reggie, like seriously, bro. Like you didn't, you didn't learn from the first time, but everything is a blessing. Now it's compounded. I always say that my life comes in twos because at that point in time, believe it or not, so I was what, 28 when I had my, my second, right? By 30 years old, I was able to get my first condo. Okay. That's my first one. So going back to the hustle, I'm just trying to maintain a lifestyle now, Brian, right? I could be a statistic to say, well, you're not with this, this woman, you're paying child support. You're still living at home, but you're still able to save a portion of your funds to get that investment. Yeah. Fast forward again, two years after that, boom, second house, everything comes in two. So yeah, two, two place, two properties, two babies. The second property was to be close to the, to the mother of my children. Cause she always said that she wanted, um, you know, help in terms of not just financial, but, um, to be there more often. I said, okay, well I'm 30 minutes away from you. I'm driving an hour to and from work every single day it's really hard for me to really be there every single day. So I, you know what I'll do? I'll surprise, like, I didn't, I didn't tell her this, but I was like, in my mind, how am I going to make this work? I actually bought a place, this place that I'm living in right now. And, um, this was back in 2013 and I surprised her with it. And I said, Hey, um, guess what? I just bought a place that's seven minutes from you. She goes, you did what? I said, yeah, so I got a place. You said you want to help. I can now take the kids more, more, you know, more often. Well, if you were able to afford a place, that means you have more money. So I want more money from you. Mm. And I was just like, really? I, if I'm already giving you $900 a month. Yeah. And you want how much? So she wanted incremental. And at that point I couldn't afford that. So a couple of weeks later, I get papers to go to court. So what meant, what it meant is that I had to go through the court process now. And with that, they had to align my salary to whatever it's on the chart. And which meant Brian, I'm not able to live in this house. Yeah. So I, mustered my way to get here and now it's like boom door shut can't do it well and you're trying to do a good thing you're saying hey i'm responding to what you're telling me that you want you want help i feel like i'm doing a good thing and she saw it as an opportunity to get more cash yeah so i gotta ask you this 
what would Reggie now, if you could go back in time, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself then for what you know now? It goes back to that C word connection. <laughs> if you are going to get into any sort of relations or a relationship with somebody, it's just the connection has to be there. It's not, it's not worth it if you're just going to do things for the sake of doing it um, because they have detrimental impacts sometimes, but you really have to build that foundation with that, you know, your partner in order to realize a, a positive lifestyle. Yeah. Because I came from a two-parent household, she came from a single-parent household. If you think that alone, the dynamics are different, the mentalities are different. Very much so. so. We were yeah. way off. Very much so. Reggie, take me through the 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 situation of hitting rock bottom in twenty in twenty nineteen. I believe you said it was. Yeah. I, so, I know that was a huge obstacle in your life. Take me through that time and and the biggest lesson that you learned from it. So 2019 was my version of COVID-19 for me personally, which is my rock bottom. Coming into 2019, I was pretty much on cloud nine. I just came back from, Ve- I, you know, I, I came back from Vegas from a work trip. I was actually, after the work trip, I already decided that I was going to leave my current employer um, to go work for the competition because I just reached my ceiling. You know, I try to grow within that organization and just hitting that glass ceiling every single time. The day that I resigned, my boss said, he was, he was really upset and he goes, you know what? You knew about this, this job opportunity before you, you went on that work trip. And I said, listen, there's, there's no, there's nothing personal here. This is just business. And he said, you're not going to get away with this. So he had to walk me out so I can go. Cause when you work for the, when you're going for the competition, you can't stay for two weeks. Um, so got walked out, went to my new employer, um, was there for orientation during the orientation week, HR pulls me aside and says, Hey, can you come with us? So I go into a room and they ask me a bunch of questions in relation to the trip that I went on and, you know, materials that I already had. And they said that it was a conflict of interest. So pretty much my previous employer contacted my new employer, said all this stuff happened. Eventually one thing led to another and my employer said that we can't move forward. And this is the first time that I was out of a job for the first time ever in my life. So mind you, I have mortgage to pay. I have child support. And at the time I'm paying $2,000 at this point in time per month for these kids that I don't see that often because I live seven minutes away and that's what put me rock bottom. So trying to figure out how am I going to navigate in this new world of not of always being in one industry for 12 plus years, what am I going to do? Now, how did I overcome this? During this phase of not being employed, Brian, that's where I developed 
and tapped into my true strengths. And this is where I discovered my other self. When I say my other self, when you have the moment to actually sit down with yourself and realize and put down on paper what your superpowers are, and this is where that matrix came in, I discovered so much talents that I buried away for so many years. I built two MVPs, so minimal viable products in terms of um, text technical specs for two applications, like a mobile app and a web app. I developed a program um, for universities and colleges called Open Concept. And that was to give the students a toolkit to succeed post-graduation. I was able to create a podcast called Pod About Nothing on YouTube. I became all these things and I was like, I'm operating at a high level, right? Going into 20, you know, I eventually found my footing and I found a job with a software company where they promoted me within my first six months because now I'm, I'm just, you know, tapping into all these gifts, these talented, these talents that I'd never used before. Going into 2020, I'm now, I built a online community through the Discover Your Other Self, which is now a live stream that appears on LinkedIn Live. I'm now in front of you having this conversation. So what I want to say is if I didn't go through those hard times, and there's obviously a lot more intricate details that go into that. If I didn't go through those tough times, I would not be where I'm at today, having this conversation, looking to create impact, um, working with colleges and universities, because I've done that, where I've put on workshops for them, um, and giving career advice. So imagine this, this person that was pushed out of an entire industry is now investing in the younger kids and harvesting in, in the future leaders of tomorrow, telling them on how to manage their career. Man, that's so good. What a, what a comeback story. And, and again, Reggie, again, we, we all go through things. And this is why this podcast exists. I want to be the guy that tells stories like yours on LinkedIn because people see us and they go, man, look at what you've done, but they don't know where we've been. And, and, and you find out when people find out where you've been, it strengthens and deepens that connection because they go, man, I've been there too. Mm -hmm. I have been there too. Reggie, this is the right time right now. I want you to share your biggest piece of intentional encouragement, man, because I know you've got something for these, for these folks. So you want me to share like the last, last piece of advice or that what you, what you want? Yeah. Just share your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. If it's advice driven, oh. things like that, if it's, you know, just, I, I want you to, to really leave folks with, with some powerful encouragement. Cause I know you've got some, I know yeah. you've got it. Well, most recently I posted about embrace the imp imperfections. So what I mean by that, we get caught up in being perfect. We get caught up in doing it right. We get caught up in people's perceptions of us. We have to realize that we are imperfect people. Nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing is always going to be going according to plan. Again, the pandemic COVID-19 has taught us that not everything goes according to plan. 
But if you can realize and embrace the imperfections that you have and make strides to improve, because practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes improvements. If you could show up every single day and get better at improving your craft, think about this time next year. If I go back to you, Brian, like you said, you didn't always have this voice. You worked on it. If I didn't, if I didn't, you know, take accountability um, for the actions I took, right? Whether it was deciding to leave for the competition and having to go through that, um, you know, hardship. And even my kids to this day, I never told them about it because my mindset was built that I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm imperfect, but I know that I'm going to make strides to get to where I want. And I want everybody to feel encouraged, intentionally encouraged to go beyond their limitations. Man, that is so good. Reggie Waterman, man, this has been, my friend, this has been a tremendous tremendous conversation tell folks where they can connect with you find your content you're going to want to tap into his linkedin live series you're going to want to find his his podcast on youtube tell folks where they can connect with you yes please connect with me on linkedin so reggie waterman simple as that and tune in to discover your other self we host these on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we are on a world tour right now, so sometimes the time zones may be a little bit different and depending on who we're talking to. But usually it's at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on LinkedIn Live. Reggie, that's awesome. And, and I am so grateful for you coming on and sharing your story. The, the first – I just wrote so many notes down of things that you had to say. Folks, this will be one you want to go back and listen to because there's so much good stuff there. Reggie Waterman, thank you so much for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you for having me, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.